60 yards through a chain link fence. 60 yards with iron sights because I'm an instinctive natural shooter. Man, that was, that was classic. Dude, it was great. I couldn't man. let it go. So I'm at breakfast the next morning and I brought it up at <laughs> breakfast. He, he was digging in the oatmeal or something and I said, 60 yards through a chain link fence, just like that. <laughs> and the dude got all embarrassed. Yeah, he did. His, his uncle was a, a special forces marine recon sniper who did stuff in Vietnam and he trained them to shoot, but he don't talk about it much. Because he did some tricky stuff. But that's all he did was talk about it. That's all he did was talk about it. crazy. That was at, where, where was that? Where did we see that guy at? Uh, Texas, Texas Roadhouse. Um, yeah. let's, start, let's start from the beginning. Flew into Pittsburgh. Yep. Yeah. Picked up Frank in Colorado. Hung out for a day. We flew into Pittsburgh. And uh, a nice flight. Everything was good. Pittsburgh got a clean airport. It was, it was actually pretty cool. It was weird, though, because the way they tucked in the rental yeah. cars, kind yeah, of was, like they weren't obvious. Yeah. And they were on different sides. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that was a little weird. But um, now we're kind of finishing up our last big block of classes. Um, two, Pittsburgh cl- or two Pennsylvania classes at that Mifflin range. Got to say thanks to Matt uh, for hosting that. Uh, really excellent time. East Coast crowd is good. Yeah, yeah, we had a really good time. Uh, Matt did a wonderful job. He's on the board. At Mifflin County, uh, a lot of board members, and we met three or four of them during the during the four days we were there. But he had plenty of steel out there. Evidently, that the steel package that we shot was more than what they normally run out there because he added a bunch. Like yeah, two I guess there's two groups of people who do classes there, so he kind of grabbed uh, some extra steel. There's like a Frank Maloney and then Ghost or something. Um, they do stuff out there, so there was a steel shed. And he ended up double plating us all the way out. We actually had like four plates per yard line going up the hill. Um, that turned out real well. Other than that crazy downpour, man, we had a freaking... Hey, it just says something for covered ranges. I think it's the way to go because the weather's so... It's not unpredictable. It's no longer... The, no different than it's been for the last 10,000 years, really. But, you know, when you got a guy paying 750 bucks, you don't want him laying in the mud. You know, no. And you don't want a bunch of dead time or wasted time. So when ranges have covered lines, it's a big bonus, man. It's only, it's it's like an insurance policy against the weather is what it is. I, yeah, I was able to transition into um, into a tripod because we were behind the benches and their benches are in place. You can't move them. So we brought everybody into the covered line and there's all those benches there. So we did tripod demo because we were able to shoot over the benches that way. And, and we just rolled into another class. But I mean, even with the meet and greets in Pennsylvania, almost Everybody showed up. Yeah. And what I, you got to do is you can't try to book a room or a table, Frank. You no. got to go right to the bar and one spot at a time take over the bar. It's the only way because bartenders are used to having everybody on a different ticket anyway. But if you take this little 21-year-old girl and tell her that everybody's on a different ticket when you got 18 people sitting at a table, she's going to lose her mind. Yeah. And then you're able to bounce around, talk to everybody, and, and then they get to know people. And so we had a really good time. But the East Coast crowd was was a lot of fun. Um, we, had, we had a really great time uh, going over that. One of the, I don't know if you were going to bring it up or not, I didn't look at your list, uh, but because that range goes up a hill and 1,000 was just shy of about 15 degrees up, you know, um, there, it was a great demonstration for that bipod bag relationship. 
a bipod bag dance. Yeah, yeah. And it screwed around with weaponized math a little bit because it was 15 degrees. It was, it was. So what it got to when when I gave that little presentation on on corrupt data, there was some corrupt data out there, but it wasn't just math. It wasn't fundamentals. It was the elevation because the elevation trended uphill the entire time, causing real big challenges for for guys from a from a weaponized math standpoint and from managing their bipods and rear bags. Yeah, I mean the the corrupt data class that um, Mark does. You know, it shows the gravity progression and how it's linear and how it moves and everything. But when you start adding the angle in, you're reducing gravity. And so it was canceling it back. So you'd have two yard lines with the same amount of drop between the yard lines because the angle is removing that extra bit of gravity. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, honestly, we really should tap on weaponized math again. Um, it's amazing, dude. It works. It, it does what it's supposed to do. It's the easiest way than what I was able to do because they had power on their covered line. So I ended up uh, jumping on my rifle and, and I'd switched a bunch of stuff up. I brought my AX and I'm like, oh, I want I was going to bring the AT and then it was like, oh, wait a minute, I got to bring the AX and then I want to bring this barrel. And so I had nothing put together correctly. So I put it together at the range. And so for that range, I doped it out to a thousand yards, right? So, and it took me less than a box. Uh, to go and verify my data f just using the weaponized math all the way out to a gram. Well, then I took that information and I have a little tiny, it's like small, maybe even like four inches square uh, projector that I was able to plug in outside and we had the poster board we used and I can project my phone uh, through the projector and onto the board. And so guys can see how I was able to true up software really fast really easy so i mean there's a guy on sniper's hide right now instead of just talking about it you did it yeah exactly instead of but there's a guy in sniper's hide right now and i just got into the thread who who's like you know my software is eight tenths off here nine tenths off there 1.2 off here and all he did was chronograph a rifle take the bc off the box and then expect his shit to work um here to tell you that's not how it happens okay everybody's different even if you use a custom drag model that custom drag model is not custom to your gun it's custom to theirs and the bitch is you can't manipulate it i mean i wish you were able to kind of break that drag model and tweak it a little bit because your gun might be different the way you shoot might be different and so um you know i'm showing you how you balance it with the bc in the muzzle velocity and then in this case, we had to put the angle in. You know, you had to use the, I actually dropped down on my rifle and used the phone to kind of run the angle up because the angle had to be included. Otherwise, you're never going to line your software up. So if that was your home range, it's not flatline data. It's pretty scary. Yeah, not I mean. scary, but, no, it, just but gives you, it, it gives you a reference to... Um, variables yeah, variables yeah, yeah, yeah you perfect. know and, and so it's not flatline data and so you're trying to kind of create these uh, solutions so this guy comes on to, to the hide and he's like you know my software doesn't work and it's like well your software does work you're not working it correctly you cannot match your rifle to the computer you have to match your computer to what you shot with your rifle. And this is the missing element that, you know, I, it's obvious for a lot of people. I get it. 
but it's not obvious for everyone. And apps are just so dang easy to get, to download, and, and to do that. You know, it, it, it's a wide variety of people with a small amount of information. And so you have to go and, and do that uh, to get it to line up. So dope your rifle with weaponized math. And like I said, I, I did it in 16 rounds, I think it was. It took me 16 rounds to go from 200 to 1,000. I did skip the 9 because the 9 was kind of a weird yard line. So I skipped the 900. So I went 2, 3, all the way to 8, skipped the 9, hit 1,000. And it took me 16 rounds. With that information, I went and trued my computer up and showed the guys exactly how to do it. And I mean, honestly, it's less than four minutes, man. If you skip the nine, you, you can back, uh, remember how we used to back end for mm-hmm. the thousand and the eight, use that, add 45% of the drop from eight to a thousand, boom, yeah. nine. <laughs> center plate. So you can actually recreate it without having to shoot it at it, all. Exactly. I mean, it kind of goes back to when our lesson, I, I pushed three, six, and eight. Right, 300 sets your weaponized math. 600 choose your muzzle velocity. 800 choose your BC, or you can sacrifice eight for a thousand and go three, six, one thousand, and do the same process. You know what I mean? So it works really, really well. But uh, again, just thanks to everybody in Pennsylvania. It was well, a, a, uh, Nick, who lives on an island off of some place called Rhode Island. What? what I don't know what the fuck that is. Rhode Island is like a fucking postage stamp. Yeah. It's a postage stamp. Yeah. Uh, Nick and Robbie hooked us up. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the hookup, guys. Uh, we really do appreciate that. It matters. Uh, Matt, thanks again, man. Uh, just want I can't say enough good about Matt. He was a real solid cat. Came out to dinner with us every night, whether he was shooting or not. And uh, just thanks a lot for that. Yeah, no, a lot of good guys. Steven, he was funny, man. Yeah, Baron. Yeah. Uh, he, that dude cracked me up, man. He was like, he couldn't hear for anything. So he's kind of like... was a relay. Yeah, yeah. I was relaying everything you said. And, and, and it was like, hey, shoot, hit, shoot, hit. You good? What? What? I say, you good? What do you want me to do next? I said, I don't know. You don't have to do nothing. You're done unless you want to just lie there and talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were all dying because he liked to talk, man. East Coast guys like to, like, to, like to talk. You could tell it's me, right? I'm an East Coast guy. Um, also, we learned something and we want to relay this to you. So we're big fans of Tika. Um, A lot of Tikas on the line, and Tikas are outstanding on more levels than we can kind of relate over this podcast without getting too deep in it. I wish, like, uh, you know, they would, Beretta and whoever would kind of support people a little bit more and be more public. But Tikas are awesome. The problem with Tikas, we find, are the magazines. Magazines don't work for shit. The nose dips down. You're constantly pulling and stretching them. You're riding over the top of rounds. They, they don't feed correctly. So we have a, this really big sort of love a Tika, hate the mag. Love a Tika, hate the mag. I take my Tikas. All my Tikas are in Kdex chassis. And then I use AICS magazines to feed my Tikas. Well, we stumbled on one of the shooters. Um, it, uh, I think he's um, he's on the hide there. I don't I didn't want to say his name too much, but um, anyway, one of the students had aftermarket mags that were steel, amazingly made, fantastic magazines, and these are Waters, like Roger Waters, Waters Rifleman is the brand of these mag, and John Waters and David Waters. 
These guys make this, uh, you can do watersriflemen at gmail.com. They make some amazing magazines that 100% solves the Tika problem. Uh, they have, and I'm on their site right now, they got Tika T3 CTR mags. They got these Litgo long action mags. They got Tika CTR TAC A1 mags that also are TRG mags. They got legacy mags. Uh, they do AICS mags. I don't. I haven't seen. I might grab one just to see what they're like. They do uh, Saco mags, uh, Vernie Karen, whatever those are, Speedline mags, and then a Winchester XPR. So um, these guys, and then what else? Browning mags, Steyr mags, uh, single round loading blocks, things like that. But these guys are Waters riflemen. If you want to solve your Tika magazine problem. These are the magazines. I don't know these guys. I didn't talk to these guys. I just saw them on the line. I'm plugging them because they work, you know, and, and I want to give a big shout out to them. Go ahead. While you're plugging some things that work, um, Able Company. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk suppressors. Sent us a biscuit. Yep. And it worked out really well. We put it on your rifle. Uh, was your, was your POI change minimal? No. I w- uh, went you, right through it. It went remember, right to it. I, I had brought a, a suppressor. Um, I'm not going to mention who because it's a defunct company and the guy, but it was the first one I grabbed and it was there. It was a shorty. I wanted a shorty suppressor for uh, my six Creed more, and I grabbed the first one I saw. So then Mark had the Able with him. Able's like if you do Surge, No Legs, those guys, Able Table. I used the Able Table. Matt was using the Able Table. But Able Company, A-B-E-L, they're doing suppressors now. And working with the you know the guys who compete, Gucci beautiful looking suppressor. It's a short, fat, um, you know, almost Dominus type of look. If you go Thunder Beast, you know, you want to compare very Dominus type, but um, the back is heavier, direct thread with some options, and thick, so you can. It's got weight in the back. It's kind of cool. I, I like the way they did it. But that suppressor has a great recoil pulse. Um, I, I'm a big, big fan of the way that suppressor is working. And, and you ran it, right? Didn't you shoot it a little bit? No, I left mine. Uh, I left mine alone. It was shooting well, and you already had it on your rifle. So oh, I just okay. Left but students were shooting it. Yeah. I know we moved it around a little bit and gave it to some students to try out. But the, um, do you know what it's going to retail for? Uh, seven-ish. Seven-ish or eight-ish. Eight. Yeah, somewhere yeah. in there. He's on Sniper's Hide. It, uh, Serge put a post up on Sniper's Hide. If you go over in there and search Able Suppressor, or it'll be in the Suppressor section, um, it, it has a really great natural look, spun down, a lot of character to it. Burnt bronze look. Yeah, kind of a, a copperish, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah, definitely looked very cool. <clears throat> and I guess there's different versions. Titanium stainless. Uh, titanium's common, but they make a shorty. Yep. One a little bit shorter than that one. And so uh, great stuff out of that. But I also want to mention, because we're talking suppressors, I'm going to be having a deal with KGM, right? So the KG made suppressors, KGM. Uh, and they're an OEM. They're huge, man. They're a gigantic manufacturer. And they have volume. And they also do a lot of OEM suppressors like your Dead Airs and things like that. And so I had Adam Peeney uh, out uh, not too long ago and we did a podcast together. And so they're going to be offering a group buy on suppressors, KG Made, man, KGM, for their newest, latest, greatest. It's actually the ones I shot and took pictures of. 
were sort of like last year's gen and they had only a few of this new improved K-Can models that they're doing that I shot that were on Adam's rifle and they were phenomenal. So I wanted to, cause you know, people were having a lot of trouble. I mean, you have trouble getting suppressors in stock mm -hmm. and people can't get the suppressors. The weights are insanely long right now. Supply chains broke everywhere. Everywhere, everything. Yeah, and so because KGM is such a big volume company, I said to him, I said, how many of these suppressors are you gonna have available? And, you know, it, it, it's going to be the, the 30 cal, the 22s, and they're going to offer a discount to Snipers Hide members. So you're going to be able to, and that's going to be dropping probably next week. Uh, I get home on Monday, and it's probably going to be dropping right after that. So if you're in the suppressor market, want to add another one, these are those tunable suppressors uh, that you can tune the recoil and they work let me tell you you can even i even took some pictures and stuff of like the blast pattern changes because the sand on my range when we shot is so powder fine it's not hard to see the blast patterns of breaks and different things underneath the rifle and so the, uh using these suppressors we were able to do the blast pattern and i i dug it man it was it was really really good and so uh, kgm is going to be on the hide offering a deal to anybody who wants to pick up suppressors of cans in stock. All you're gonna have to do is purchase it, give them a copy of your local SOT, they're gonna drop ship it over to you, and boom, you're gonna have a can ready to I go. I run quite a few of those through my store. Yeah. Formerly Wiggies Alaska. Formerly. Still Wiggies Alaska for, by uh, <clears throat> SOT and FFL, but no Wiggy products there anymore. But we'll keep, the, we'll keep the name, because everybody's familiar with it, but I run a lot of those probably that's might be the most popular suppressor out there right now. Yeah, yeah, because they're available, man. Yeah. They're just so they're they're you know, and they're good. They do a good job. This is a quality suppressor. Um, they're not all created equal, man. We see suppressors that don't perform as advertised, and these are some of the ones that we think do when we like them. And you know, we're the big Thunderbeast fans, but you know, Thunderbeast is pretty busy. Um, you know, iron. Elite Iron. Uh, Mark, you tuned up a lot with Elite Iron because you kind of brought Dale around um to, to to be a little bit more proactive a little bit forward with his 30 cal cans yeah we're seeing elite iron uh bipods up in pennsylvania yeah and yeah. um but bipod and suppressors so elite iron cans are excellent as well and his his uh, uh lead times are not very long right only a couple weeks for you to get uh, it's a month maybe is two. it a month yeah maybe a month or two that's not too bad not horrible i try to keep some in the store but usually when i order you know three or four in there's a name attached to them before they even get there. So basically, they sell before I can put them on the shelf. Right. So when you find one on the shelf, it's pretty rare. Yeah. So um, that was definitely, uh, you know, something to look at. Now, one last highlight of um, Pennsylvania. We had a visit from Joel Russo. Joel Russo is the guy behind Terminus Actions. I have the Apollo on my TAC Ops rifle, and I've been talking about the TAC Ops rifle, shooting some videos with it. Love that three lug design that he has going on and the short throw, 60 degree bolt and all that. Well, the Zeus, I sh he brought out some Zeuses and some other ones. And so I was hammering away at his Zeus. He just so happened, it was dumb luck, he so happened to show up with a six Creedmoor. I almost wasted all my ammo on it because I just couldn't stop shooting the dang thing. 
But uh, I was shooting six Creed more because it's available, and he happened to show up with a six Creed more. And so I jumped in behind that Zeus and just started immediately hammering her way at 1,000 yards. And the thing's just incredible. So I didn't get out of there without spending a little bit of money and ordered me up a, a Zeus with a couple of bolts, and I'm going to probably do a PRC and six Creed or whatever the heck I want, really, because it's switch barrel. But, um, I mean, Joel knows what he's doing. Joel's got this thing wired. And it's funny, too, because he's like, dude, I know you hate the action wars. And I'm, I'm over the action wars, man. I, you, I've told you guys a dozen times. You know, I buy $825 Bighorn uh, Origins, and I'm a happy camper. You know, that's, if I'm going to build a barreled action... 825 for an origin, a couple more bucks to get it spun up with a Bartland barrel. I can walk out the door less than two grand um, with a barreled action and drop it in whatever I want. You know, but um, Joel's got the, uh, the Zeus there, that switch barrel, and super easy to do it. And then he recommends bug holes, those guys for barrels, because they, they pre-spin up barrels for you. It's two screws short threading unscrew it and it's 10 inch pounds 10 inch pounds that's crazy yeah yeah that's crazy 10 inch pounds on two screws and and so um change barrels the way to go anymore yeah yeah lugging around rifles is just not the way to go nah one gun to rule them all you know and and that's kind of what it is and and you know we've been talking and i've been kind of you know i'm coming around that right now the 6.5 PRC is is the closest. It's, you know, with percentage-wise, we're playing percentages here, is the closest you're going to get to a one-round solution, a one-caliber solution. So um, Joel does a PRC. He opens up his um, ejection port a little bit. He's two thous on each, you know, a thou on each side open, uh, you know, so you could do that. But going back, PRCs, you want a medium action like a Tika too, because then you can eject the live round if you need to and not have to fish it out of there. But Joel's will allow you to do that because he goes 2000s on the uh, ejection ports. And so uh, I want to thank Joel for coming out. He took a, took a, he took a long ride. Nice guy. Had, yeah. Over an hour. Had dinner with us. Um, had a lot of fun and telling stories and stuff. But uh, yeah. Man, we found a nursing home that had a bar. It was called Rodney's. Yeah, yeah. We were the youngest guys in there. It was actually comical. I mean, the, the whole bar was just full of retirees, man, just having a blast. They were all drinking and loud. Oh, it was just a good time, dude. It, it before, was before like we a, get out of Pennsylvania, I wanted to throw that out. Yeah, there. yeah, it was like an 80s reunion. Yeah. Because and, there, and there's the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach on some little 30-minute program on TV, and Frank's like, hey, can we put the race on? And I thought, oh, my God, we're, been, we're about to be run out of here, man. They put the race on. Yeah, they put the Infinity, race, and then everybody Infinity, was into so, it. Yeah, yeah. And people were into it, and everybody knew who the drivers were. But Mark was like, dude, you just did not tell them <laughs> to change a Pittsburgh, a Pittsburgh Steeler a uh, friggin' channel in right outside of Pittsburgh. I'm like, yeah, I want to watch the friggin' race. Ah, right, good food. It was a yeah, good time. It was. It, it, we have fun. We try to stop and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, then... Uh, Ohio, dude. dude. Man, the place is just awesome. The people yeah. are awesome, Frank. We talked to more people bar side in Ohio than we've talked to in all our road trips combined, it, I it, think. We just had... Everybody would chat you up. Uh, but the funny part is, so we, we're coming into Ohio, and we're going to, before we go, we're going to, a couple things, too, where we ate for... Um, the barbecue? Yeah, the barbecue. 
But we go to Andrew's range. So Andrew Bloombaugh used to work at Texas Rifles Only, Apex Tactics and Shooting. Uh, great guy, LE dude, has a nice complex out there that he's building up. So we're going to go see the range before we go to our hotel and everything. So Mark, like blindly on a map, picks a spot for the meet and greet. And it turned out to be the happen news. Dude, story, but when we drove by it, <laughs> we were, I was like, oh, I fucked that up. <laughs> All right, we'll go somewhere else tomorrow night. We'll just meet him there. I fucked that up. Went inside. There were people everywhere. It was packed. It was awesome. And they were so much fun. They were partying like on every corner. Apparently, one of the barmaids was getting married. And it was party central. But from the outside, the building looked like a piece of shit. Clay Street Bar and Grill. Yeah, Clay Street Bar and Grill. And and so when we drove by to go to the hotel, we were like, ah, shit, dude. This is going to be bad. But um, It's sight unseen. I'm looking looking down at Google Earth going, there's a bar. It's close to the... Hotels, so you know, you could even walk if you had too much, and and um, eh, it worked out really well. Man. It really I like the people there, you know, get, getting chatted up is cool. Yeah, yeah, you know? super friendly, super wanting to talk. I mean, Ohio has a party a party town rep yeah. for a reason, and that was pretty good. But um, talk about class and Andrew, man. What you think? Um, I loved it. I loved the layout. I took a ride with him one time. You were you were chatting up some. Um, you might have been doing your 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 uh, Trula. To the, the data yeah. thing, and I, I took, I grabbed Andrew, and we drove out on his range. He set up, man. He set up for for uh, a three day next year. You know, instead of one two day, why don't we just do a three day there? Because he's got all the, he's got all the obstacles. He's got multiples of some of them. Uh, the place is really well set out. He's got a great big steel tower you can shoot from if you don't like laying on the ground. It's just a wonderful joint. It's gonna be happening. Mm-hmm. You know? And he's got a mover system. Yeah. And so we could do movers. He's got with, one of Carl Taylor's. Yeah, he got a Carl Taylor, I think. Yeah. Um, and so he's got a Carl Taylor mover system. And then, uh, but you know, Andrew coming out of rifles only, he he knows the drill. He he he's he's totally, you know, on fire with this kind of stuff. He does a lot of handgun and carbine because he has an LE background. But he he's a you know excellent precision rifle guy. And so, um, yeah, we really enjoyed uh, the time with Andrew. Again, that was Apex Tactics. In, um, shooting in tactics. Yeah, shooting in tactics there. And, he and, called it the FFP range, I guess, before he finalized it. Last year when we were dealing, yeah, he called it the FFP. Yeah. But I guess it's Apex mm-hmm. shooting in tactics now, which is, which is really cool. But the, the place is a locked gate. You can't just go there anytime. You know, he's got to be there. It's it, it's gonna come it's gonna come around, man. It's gonna get some attention. Oh, dude! I, how about when we're cruising in? We're like tons of farms everywhere, and we see these women's wearing the bonnets, and they look like they're dressed from the 1800s and stuff. And I'm going because like they're on tractors and they got friggin' weed whackers, and I'm like, man, this must be Pentecostal, not you know, because like Amish can't be doing that yeah, shit. Not with not with machinery. Yeah, but then we turn coming to Andrew. I'm like, hey, Andrew, are these people all Pentecostal? Hey. COVID killed everything. Yeah, they even killed their desire to work with wooden tools. Yeah, they did. They, he's like, no, they're Amish. You're just out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And they were using machinery. And I, we thought it was pretty funny uh, that, that in that area they were they were doing that. But, um, yeah, Andrew Andrew's uh, had a heck of a place. He, and he has a, he's building like a cabin for him and his boys to sleep in on there. And we're thinking it's his classroom. And he's like, no, this is the cabin. The classroom's going to end up being over here. You know how it is. You, you earn a little bit of money, you incrementally grow, and, and you're, you're putting things in place as you can. And, and that's pretty typical. Not everybody has uh, sugar daddies or 
disposable incomes or want to, uh, you know, share costs with somebody else that you're going to end up divorcing with in, you know, two years down the road, <laughs> divorcing people. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know, because you hear the stories all the time. You need to write a book on that. On, on, oh, Mark, yeah. <laughs> how to successfully divorce. I'm, I'm full of full of knowledge when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But none of them were ugly. Nah. They, they, it, these guys have heard all about that. No, it's good stuff, ma'am. So uh, really enjoyed the, like I said, the East Coast crowd was great. We had Adam came back. He was in Iowa last year, Adam Z. Mm-hmm. And, and he came back and saw us in, in uh, Ohio, had a wonderful time, closer to home for him. But he shot really well. It, very well. He had a, a, a Gen 1 uh, Razor, and it was a laser beam. Yeah, there on his AI. There was a couple in that. Yep, sport. couple Gen 1s. <laughs> Dude, yeah. how about your buddy Jay Bird, man? Jay Bird. His last, last name wasn't Bird, but on, on his um, PayPal... When he shows me his receipt that he paid Frank, it's Jay Bird. And I went, okay, Jay Bird. So I wrote his name, Jay Bird. We've started him, Jay Bird. His name is not Jay Bird. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, here's a guy, you know, wanted to get into this, borrowed a gun from a buddy, went and like... Never shot over 100 yards. Never shot over 100 yards, uh, wanted to do this, and this dude was hit and... When he he would center punch his first round hits at each yard line, he would fist pump himself and go, oh, yes! Just like that. He would go, yes! He was just so excitable, man. It was was great to see a guy see it all come together for himself, and he was really excitable, and that was really cool. And I said to him, I said, dude, you know what's more important than the fact you hit that plate, Jay? Because Mark's right. I mean, this dude was like, and the whole line was clapping for him kind of thing. But... I said, Jay, you saw you hit the plate. Yeah, that was true. You know, yeah, that was the that was the the bonus mm-hmm. is that he and he did that early. Yes, he did that pretty early. So he was controlling recoil very well and following through. Uh, Mike I mean, was a stone cold slayer. Yeah, Mike was definitely. Man, well, he was a slayer. But I mean, this this is kind of going back to what Mark's saying. In two days, we're creating clones. Everybody looks the same. Everybody's managing the recoil the same within their systems. You know, we're, we're you got Mark over the top of you saying, "Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this," and by the time we get to you know the end of that class, two days, you guys are clones and girls. We had girl in class. Yep. Lori. And um, Lori, and so even Lori, Lori was shooting a excuse me bolt action Valk, hammering. I think she outshot her husband. Absolutely. And he was shooting a six, I think. Um, six or six five. He cleaned up right before the final event. Yeah, he was the last hour guy. Yeah. He was our last hour guy. But um, you're seeing your hit. You're hitting sub-MOA plates. You know, that kind of... Because Andrew's got a great target package as well. Big, medium, small. And, and so you're able to take people down and just find their limit and say, okay, hit the big plate, center punch, good, 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 go to the medium plate, center punch, good, 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 go to the small plate. And, and every now and then on a couple yard lines, the wind was kind of tricky. It swirled. It you was. saw that. Oh, yeah, I went down range, and it was just doing, it was doing a big uh, vortex in there. Yeah, big circle in, in, the, in the woods, in the fields, and the way it was. But, you know, maybe not everybody on every yard line hit the smallest plate, but they all hit, the, you know, the midsize, the, you know, one and a half, two MOA plates. And, and so it just... The make, math worked really good. Yeah. Making clones has its benefits. And the benefits extend beyond getting the hit. That's why, I mean, even with the fundamental eval, what we're doing now, 
we barely look at the targets. We were even doing... It, so- it didn't really serve a purpose, so why... Right. You know, we're going to go right back into zero anyway and start giving fundamentals. It, so it didn't really serve a purpose to bring your sloppy-ass target in there. A couple of nice nice groups, but it just didn't serve a purpose. No. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, we don't even have to look downrange. The hits and the improvements are there because we're fixing it back here at you. You know, so that was kind of cool to, to see Jay kind of go from that 100-yard to a 1,000-yard shooter and, and getting his impacts, man. So super cool stuff right there. What was that song? He was just an excitable boy. Yeah. Who, who did that? I have no idea who oh, that is. Oh, 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 what a lonely. No, 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 no. Oh, man. <laughs> Werewolves of London. He did Werewolves of yeah. London. Um, excitable Warren boy. Warren Zevon. Raped her and killed her. Then he took her home. <laughs> just an excitable boy. That would be Warren Zevon. Anyway, yeah. yeah, that was Jay. That was Jay. He was an excitable boy. Yeah, yeah. So then we roll six hours. God, that was a long drive. It was boring. Six too. hours south uh, to Louisville, Kentucky, on the Ohio River, the home of bourbon and rye. There's so many choices, Frank. What what does oh. the everyday sniper guys do when they're not on the range? We sit on Whiskey Row. <laughs> yeah, Whiskey Row, different bar every night, uh, sampling different kind of uh, whiskeys and whatnot. There's some ex- Expensive shit out there. This guy turned me on to something last night. Really good. You know, finished in a, a Pinot Noir barrel. I mean, it was just crazy good. And and I'm like, well, what would that cost? $65 for a shot. I'm like, give me the bullet. Give me the yeah. damn bullet. <laughs> no, give me the jack. Yeah. The jack rye was the cheapest thing on the menu. I said, I'm switching to jack. Thank you. No, 65 bucks a shot, man. I mean, downstairs in the lobby here, what is there, like $400 bottles and yeah. shit? And, yeah. you know, there's all kinds of stuff. But, yeah, so we're on Whiskey Row eating good. I'll I tell you what, I've had, um, what, like almost every other night I've been eating French onion soup at different places and trying that. And they're and, nailing it, aren't they? Uh, they're really good, man. And then... What I did last night was pretty funny. So we're in a pretty high-end place. It was expensive, like Mark said. And, and so um, we're in this place. And so I ordered the French onion soup. Then I'm like, man, that's kind of filling. And I went, you know what? I want my dessert now. So I had a sorbet dessert. And then I finished off my dessert with a steak. Yeah. So Filet mignon was yeah, pretty good. Wasn't yeah, it? I killed it, man. It wood-fired. Cool. Wood-fired is how they cook it. Yeah, oak, oak wood-fired, yeah. they call it. Oak yeah. wood-fired. And, and so, yeah, we've been, we've been sitting here for a couple days on Whiskey Row uh, doing that. You had an interesting walk. <laughs> I don't know where to go with that, man. I, I had to go to a um, credit union that partners up with Alaska USA Federal Credit Union, okay? So I found one that's 1.0 miles away. Well, my ass needs a walk. You know, we sit around in, in cars and hotel rooms all day and bars. I needed a walk. So I started walking toward this this um, credit union, and there's three cops on bicycles right at the end of block number one. I said, hey, officers, I know jack shit about Louis, Louisville, Kentucky. I'm from Alaska. Is it going to be safe for me to walk this mile to this credit union? And they all looked at each other and went, started <laughs> laughing. Like, white boy, you better you better watch out, man. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, this is the this is the place where Brianna Taylor got I shot. I did not and know they that. Had the, all the riots and everything. We, I sort of forgot about that. Yeah, they had no you know? clue. And, and I'm from New Orleans. I, I mean, New Orleans, you don't just start walking in, in any one direction for a mile, man. You could You can get some really bad juju there. So anyway, it got a little shady. It got a little shady. The, the credit union, I passed the, when I passed the Greyhound station, oh boy, with you know a lot of lingerers outside and mm-hmm. shady cats. Tell them what you did. 
Mr. Rolex. Oh, uh, oh, I'm Rolex is in my pocket, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought about putting it in my damn sock, you know. But but basically, when I get when I got to the credit union, I couldn't find it. It was inside the train station. So I walk in this crowded train station, looking for this one door that is the credit union. I called it fucking Uber. I called the Uber right now, and I made the lady, yeah, if you don't hear from me again, I'm going to call you in five minutes. But if you don't hear from me in five minutes, I didn't get in an Uber. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was, it, was, it, was, it was bad. I mean, this town is beautiful. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I think the recent memory of all that stuff that went down, I said hi to every person I met, and some of them didn't say hi back, dude. They, they acted like they could, you know. Mm-hmm. It was bad, man. So, But anyway, um, the stakes were fabulous. Dude, I'm doing what's considered... Streaking through the ICU, the streaking through the COVID ICU because I'm on a crab cake roll right now, and we're in the Midwest. Yeah. So it's like streaking through the the COVID ICU, daring COVID to latch onto you, naked, and uh, I'm gonna try a bunch of crab. I like these crab cakes here. They they're, they're really good. We're landlocked. These crabs had to travel. What would the guy tell you though? What? UPS hub. Oh, of course. They UPS them over fresh from mm-hmm. Maryland or wherever they're getting them. They were blue crab cakes. Man, they were good, man. But I just feel like I'm tempting fate a little bit, you know. Uh, oyster bar. I mean, there ain't no oysters around here. Right, you know? right. And, and, and I don't know. But, but, man, this place is awesome. If you ever get a chance to spend a couple of days, you know, there was Dubuque, Iowa. That was nice. Would have been nicer if it was wide open and everybody was out having fun. But here they are out having fun. And this is a cool little town. It would be a great town to spend... Um, there's got to be a festival here or something, but yeah. but during the summertime, it'd be a great time to, to spend three days, you know, with your, with your old lady. Well, I caught a cold. Lasted, what, three yeah. days? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was allergies. It lasted the weekend with Andrew. When I came from Pennsylvania down to Ohio, my nose is running. I'm sniffling. It felt like allergies, right? Benadryl's clearing me up a little bit, but then I'm pseudofedding it, but my head is just gushing, and I'm like, oh, shit. I tempted fate, and like I said, I think... I don't get tested. I don't really care. I, I'm pretty sure I had COVID in November. So we're leaving Pennsylvania, and I got a scratchy throat. My nose is running like crazy. Mark's like, dude, gargle with salt. Gargle I, salt I, I borrowed man. salt from the bar. Yeah. Remember, I asked the girl yeah. for salt. Yeah. And, and I gargled with the salt and everything. That takes care of it. If you get it early, it'll mm-hmm. take care of it right now. You won't have any of those nights where you... You feel like you're swallowing glass. Right, and right. So then I, I go and I, I grab Sudafed and I grabbed um, Benadryl. I'm taking that, clears me up until it doesn't. Then my nose starts running again and I'm sneezing. And then when we were in Doc Crows, you're like, dude, you're sick. Yeah. Yeah, because it hit me because my stuff wore off. But then I took some B-Spit. I feel good now. And I mean, you can hear it in my voice a little bit. But dude, I'm cleared up. I'm not having no drama at night. So whatever the heck this was is already gone. Well, we got one more night here. But I mean, we're in packed places, dude. We're shoulder yeah. to shoulder. Yeah. We're shaking hands with everybody. We're, we're actually uh, proof sources that immunity works, man. We both had COVID, and immunity just doesn't produce any dollars to anybody. So they don't like to tout it. But immunity works, guys. If you've had COVID, I'm not telling you what to do, but. I can't live in fear. If I'm going to die of the disease, that's fine. You know, I'm not going to die of the fucking cure. You know, right. I, I don't want that happening. So well, basically, well, you do oregano. Yeah, I do oregano oil religiously, three drops a day in, in my cups of coffee in the morning. And and oregano oil has we've talked about this. Yeah, maybe a little bit, uh, but no, they can tell. Um, it has an ingredient in it uh, called Cavacrol, and it, it runs off COVID. It, it, COVID cannot c- exist with Cavacrol. 
So find little things like that, guys. Natural things, man. Be, be sick, care of yourself, man. dude. I'm doing be sick. Don't spit. be sick right now because being sick right now and then catching COVID, you're jacked. Yep. yep. And if you go to the, if you go, I had a nurse tell me she caught COVID and she refused to go to the hospital because she knew that they would. Done. You're done. That's be, she said, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die with my family. At home. At home. Because if you go to the hospital, worth... you're not going to see your family no more. And if you live, you live. If you don't, you're done. you didn't see your family no more. Right. You know, what's up with that? And you're so, worth money to them, 35000 yeah, extra. Yeah, I'm not bought in, man. This COVID is really getting on my nerves. But at least we're not, we're not dealing with it unless we're flying. And, yeah. and that's just easy. You sit there and shut up and do what they say, and you won't have any problems. We don't rock the boat, man. No, but no it's not the way to go. No, but we ain't, you know, no. I'm just saying, I caught a cold. And somebody wants you to wear a mask, turn around, walk out. You yeah. know, you, they don't need you. Don't business. start no problems, yeah, man. Just walk uh, out. Um, yeah, but I, I caught a cold and, it, and it's gone already. It lasted me about three days and never dropped in my chest. Never had a fever. Uh, stood out in the rain on Sunday. We were out in the rain yeah. all, and I had it on Sunday. Yeah. And that was that was about the worst I felt because I was. Uh, it rained here on Sunday in Ohio with Andrew, and so that was about the worst day I had. When we got to this place, I broke out the bee spit. Uh, Benadryl was clearing me up. And it could have been harsh allergies, but who knows, man. I, I don't really get the allergies that bad, but it could be. Who knows? We're moving on to Tennessee, bud. We're Back Tennessee. to Treadproof. We've got a full class in Treadproof. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah. <coughs> Meet so, and greet at uh, O'Kelly's. Oh, oh, Charlie's. Oh, Charlie's. Yeah, right there at the, um, at the Holiday Inn Express. That should be a really good time. Uh, woman Tina's coming down, bringing her cousin. They're going to do, do a little bit of market looking. They're going to look at the market in Western... Uh, Nashville and see what the housing market looks like. They're real estate people. I got to get out of Alaska sooner or later, man. It's just gonna. You talk a minute happen. about my trip. I didn't talk about my trip. What on the on this podcast? Which one? What car? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, so last week, if you listen to Rifles Only podcast, I talked to Jacob. I didn't even talk to you guys about it. But um, just before coming out here and meeting everything, I flew up to Alaska, did a six day float trip uh, with Karen Hendrickson. She's uh, I did a ride musher that Mark knows. Uh, he, he's outfitted her for years, and we met her through through him. And so she's actually going to be running her 10th I Did a Rod in 2022. And so we, it was what, June or July? I think it was the July class. We've known her for years. Yeah. We see her out at the lodge for years. She always comes to the lodge and Has visits. a drink and says hi. Yep. yep. And so we were sitting down at the lodge at Sheep Creek up there. And congratulations to Jesse. I guess she got engaged. Um, but we were sitting at the lodge, and Karen comes in. And she's like, hey, man, I want to go get a moose, or I want to go on a trip, I want to float, I want to do this, nobody will go with me. And originally, she's like, I want to go do this Sheen Jack River and come down and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'll go. And she's like, yeah, sure you will. I said, no, I'll go with you and all that. So apparently, you know, the pilot didn't want to do the Sheen Jack. Like, if you shoot a moose, he don't want to take you. Because I guess when people it's go... It's late up there, dude. That's way up north. Yeah. And, and you can get ice fogged in for days. Right. I've been stuck for a week up there before. You can get ice fogged in for days. And then it gets cold, Frank. And you wouldn't have been prepared for it. Oh, I had it. So she agreed. Days. She agreed. Going mid-state, you know, over across the Alaska range was a better better option. So where did I float? You know the uh, river. South Fork, Kuskokwim. Kuskokwim. So we did Rhone to Nikolai. 70 miles on the river. Uh, dude, this is crazy. Fucking rivers run north. I'm like, they're blowing my mind. I'm like, what do you mean we're going north? I'm like, rivers don't go north. And, and so um, we did the Kuskokwim River there, paddled on a Mark's boat and cruised over. 
that we only had about maybe 500 pounds of extra space. So the odds of us carrying a moose were slim to none. If we saw something small, because we were in one section, you know how they kind of grid your state there. We're in like A to C or B to C. When we were in the, the 19 Bravo, we had to have a specific size rack if we saw a moose and wanted to shoot it. But when we dropped into this other section, it was an any any. So there was a small chance we could have saw something smaller or caribou because we did have a caribou tag, um, but we weren't in caribou country. So we only had one rifle. I didn't even bring my rifle. She has a Browning lever action in 358. Uh, we carried that. Both of her and I carried 10 mils, um, you know, with dangerous game, solids, and uh, got dropped off in Rhone. So uh, buffalo everywhere. Well, I did not know you guys had buffalo in Alaska like yeah, that. They're wild. Well, they've been put there, mm-hmm. but they're absolutely wild. I mean, there ain't no, nothing tame about them. No. They're generations old, and so they think they're wild. They've just been introduced, that's all. They're wood, uh, woodland buffalo, but they're beautiful. Yeah. I mean, absolutely stunning. And to see buffalo in the true wild, again, it's one of the few places. They don't run wild in the west, west anymore. Nope. Everybody's got them penned in. You yep. know? It, it's, it's pretty special, Frank. I'm glad you had that experience, bud. You're waking up in the morning in buffalo and camp, dude. Yeah. I mean, you're right there. Get out of the tent, and I got 15 buffalo right in front of me. And, you know, they'll cross the rivers and stuff and get away from us. They didn't give us no drama. Did you see any beers? Oh. Frank, did you see any beers? <laughs> any beers? Um, it's a good story. So I'm checking tracks, man. So I don't know much about hunting. I'm not a hunting guy. Mark's a hunting guy. I'm not. So I'm looking with the, the you know, the binos and, and I see river crossings and tracks and alleys and it's just like an animal super highway. So that's where we're stopping. Well, the first morning on the river, uh, Karen wants to call in a moose and everything. And so she's doing it. She's got the calls down, got the whole thing. I scouted the night before and I found a nice little area we were sitting and it was kind of like a triangle. She calls a moose in. Within half hour, hour, not even, she gets a response, grunting back at her. So she's covered and all that. I'm covered. I'm watching and stuff. And she's talking back and forth to this thing. Whoa. Yeah. He, Whoa. he comes breaking out of the tree line and I pull my glasses up. I got my Zeiss with me. Fucker's big. I'm like, oh, he's fucking huge. And, and I'm like, ain't no way we're going to shoot that thing um, and carry him. I mean, this is the first morning of the trip. You'd have been a long river. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it, the river's tricky, too. I'll talk about that in a minute. But um, it's too big. So I'm like, she and she sees it. And you can see it's like, oh, man, we got to, you know. So we let that guy go. And there's wolf tracks everywhere. I didn't see any bear the first day. No bear tracks, nothing like that. So then we come into this other area. We float down about 20 miles down the river. And I'm watching, scanning the river, scanning the river. We're getting to about a time of the day we want to we wanna stop. And so I start looking. And I find um, another, like, moose, bison, superhighway. I mean, there's tracks everywhere. You can see the alleys and the crossings. Ground the boat. And I look around. I do a quick little scout. No bear tracks, no nothing. And it's like, okay, we're going to... We're not really going to move the kitchen far from the boat. We're just going to stay right there because we want the, you know, the food about 100 plus yards from our tent. So we just grab our tent and that stuff and I find a nice little spot and it's sandy like a beach. A lot of driftwood, a lot of stuff around, down trees, floodplain kind of thing. And we set the tent up. We just put the rain fly on and I'm throwing my bag. I got a wiggy bag. 
uh, what I have, uh, zero degree. You borrowed Tina's bag. Yep, zero Tina's bag. nice purple. I liked it. <coughs> um, so I'm just throwing my bag in the tent, and she's out putting a cot together. And she goes, uh, Frank, turn around. And at the tree line, and there's a hole in the tree line, fucking two brown bears come charging at us. And they're hauling friggin' ass. I'm like, oh, shit. So they're, they're... If you run, you're done. Oh, yeah. We didn't run. We stood our ground. She's yelling at him. Ah, fuck you. This is my beach. And I'm laughing at what she's saying. I'm cracking up because she's talking to the bear like the bear understands what she's saying. And, and, and I'm just there. I got, the, I got the Glock out. She's got her Glock out. And then um, she puts the stuff sack. She had a blue stuff sack for her, um, her cop on the pole that she was putting together. And she raises over her head, and, she, and when she does that, they sort of hesitate a little bit. They're like, mm, "What the hell's up y- with this?" Yeah, yeah you got to do that right. because you got to break their attention from charge, charge, charge to what? What am I charging? What, yeah. What's going on here? They got about 40, 50 yards, and that broke them up. And and you know, it was mom and like a yearling, maybe two year old, uh, with her. And they they kind of slow down, stop. They look at each other, and then they like decide. We're going, and they keep coming. Then they just, but not as fast. But they're coming at us, and she looks at me, and, and she could tell because I'm like got my gun on them the whole time, and she's like, "Don't shoot them. They're just curious." And I'm like, "Yeah, curious how I'm gonna taste." Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know nothing about bears. Your snack. I, I'm from Connecticut. Yeah, that you know, one swipe and I'm in their fucking belly. You know, it's, it's fat bastard get in my belly, and so as they come closer, they hit about the sixty yard mark. And I just popped one shot right between them. And because it's so dang sandy, it throws this big plume up of the sand. And mom stands up. And I'm like, holy shit, that thing's big. And mom stands up and kind of looks around. And she's like, what the hell was that? Drops and turns. Yep, Yep. dropped and turned. And when she drops and turns and she's heading to a different spot in the woods, out of the same hole comes her second cub. So another one comes out and starts running towards us. He's running and running. He realizes there's nobody with him. And he goes, oh, shit. And he sees them going into the brush. And then they, you know, all three of them done. So that was over. So we just made a fire, had dinner. Everything's good. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Kind of great. one eye open. I did, dude. I slept with (laughs) fucking hand on the gun the whole time. I'm sure I slept a little bit, but... I almost get every noise, yeah. something walking, and you know. We still called moose. Yeah. So every morning, like I heard one come through because they, they hit a rock and their hoof would hit a rock and you can hear it. And especially you can hear them when they drop in the water. When they're dropping in the water and coming out, you can hear them. And so um, they come across and there's moose tracks because she's been calling all night before the sun goes down. And, and then we would get up in the morning and call again and see if we got anybody's attention. But there was always tracks, that fresh tracks, you know what I mean? So I'm like not sleeping, and she's sound asleep. And she's like, we scared them off, dude. It's over. And I'm like, really? I said, they're going to come back and, you know, finish us off or something. <laughs> the funny part, the next night, I find another uh, another super highway to sleep. And it bison all over the place again, coming in and going. And moose tracks everywhere. And a lot of wolf tracks in this place. So we were hoping to see wolves, you know. We weren't sweating the wolves, and especially the tracks in this area, they had a ton of pups, man. Big wolf, little wolves, whole bunches of them. Probably five or six uh, little ones. 
So we think, hey, this is a good spot. You know, we're going to stay here. No problem. I'm looking around for any bear tracks. I'm like, no, there ain't no bear. We're good. Good spot. So then... A bear track is where a bear has been. <laughs> where, where there are no tracks, there could be tracks tomorrow morning. <laughs> but I get up to take a piss. And I'm like... If you're hunting tracks, you're hunting where they've been. Yeah, you yeah. Know, not where they're going. Well, but I figure everybody's yeah, cutting I through. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, shit. I look and I go out to take a piss right behind the tent over there. I mean, it's crispy morning. It hailed the night before and rained. So uh, morning was beautiful. But that night we had hail first thing and the snow came down on the mountains we just left between Rhone. Those only had caps. That morning the snow was down to the ground uh, with them. Beautiful views. And I mean, that's the main thing. It's just this untouched, beautiful views and stuff. Well, I look and there's big ass bear tracks going by our tent three feet past us. He walked right by us. Now you could tell he paid us no mind, but he cut right past us. And what I think happened is there was a branch of the river that wasn't too far from where we were. And there was fish in there and you could see them. They were kind of... um kind of getting past some of the uh, rocks and you could see him kind of fighting to get uh, over it. And so there was, there was some fish right there. So we think he was beelining because there was a bunch of fish that were sort of grounded and not able to swim away as well because the, the uh, water level was down. And so he went right into that branch and then out the other side. Uh, so we think he went fishing rather than bother with us. And they don't want you. Nah. I mean, generally, if you spook them, you got a problem. But which you guys spook them, they come out and they're like, "What's that? We've got to charge it." That's basically what it comes to. Yeah. Like, but the bears don't want you. They don't. They rather. And, and, they'd rather have the salmon protein, salmon fat. They need it for the winter time. And yeah. even with a bluff charge, man, it, yeah. I'm a fucking kid from Connecticut, man. I never seen a yeah. bear. How many times have I tell you I want to see a bear? I want to see a bear? I want to see? And we hardly ever see. We've only seen one bear in seven years On up range, at the range, yeah. and and so I've only ever seen one bear. Uh, up there and you know I've seen the ones they've shot people have come by and they've had them in the back of the vehicles or those six wheelers they use for the to get the bears um, Rob has that doesn't he do that with the yep. six wheeler yep and and so um, you know go. I've even had bear pastrami from some of the guys who brought it in class but I mean to have that experience it's just something somebody down here doesn't experience and even if it was a bluff charge it was still a friggin I, I checked my watch. She goes, look, what'd your watch do? <laughs> I went up to like a 115 pulse or yeah. something like that. It's like, oh, shit. So, no, it was a great experience. We got to Nikolai, flew out of Nikolai, but 70 miles paddling, tricky-ass river. Of You know, first time on that and doing that. Had a great time uh, with her just, you know, learning learning the water, uh, learning, you know, what's going on in in. in Seeing what's happening with the hunts, you know. Basically, how, you just followed through with your. With, you said you said you were going to do it, and you followed through with yeah. it. Yeah, you didn't change the plan because it would have ruined her. Well, she already. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. Paid for the plane, and planes yeah. are expensive, yeah. you know, and that kind of thing. We had Regal Air, and they did us solid. Regal was nice. They actually, uh, we were like Mark was saying, we, we our first day was scrubbed because the pass we had to go through was snowed in and fogged in. And so uh, the fog was down and the planes couldn't get through. And then when that happened, we went up to Willow, which hour and a half or so out of Anchorage. And we were supposed to leave from Anchorage. So um, because of the Iditarod stuff, um, they ended up picking us up right in Willow and did us a real solid and then dropped us off right in Willow. It's on the way. Yeah. So it, that worked out really well for us. Um, but uh, Karen's a rock star. She knows exactly what's going on out there. I mean, she lives that shit. 
And, and like if I said, you're looking for a musher to support, support her. She's a good girl. She's real clean. Yeah. Uh, nothing wrong with her at all. Meaning, meaning, you know, they 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 need sponsors and they need they need um, uh, people to help make it work. I, I did the article on Sniper's Hide. I linked to her. Um, yeah, you could you could sponsor a dog. You know, she's got almost thirty dogs um, that she takes care of and does. I ran the dogs with her one night. Um, I mean, it was it was forty two degrees, raining out, and she's running dogs. We we got off the trip, came into, um, and I didn't have to leave until midnight. Um, the next night, we got off the trip, got into her place. She's running dogs. Got up that morning at five o'clock. She's running dogs. You know what I mean? So it, it's 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 a hard life, but it, it's it's a solid one. And, and yeah, if you got a couple extra bucks to give her some dog food, you know, go. go She'll see, appreciate it. Yeah, go see the link and tell her Frank said hi. Um, but yeah, definitely some good stuff. She is going to be running the race this year. She signed up for it. I uh, got to go to the museum, and it was funny too. I saw Mark. We, we went to um, Moose's Tooth in Anchorage for pizza before I went on the airplane, and it was packed, always packed. It's always way. packed. Yeah. Every day of every year, it's packed. It's, it's the busiest pizzeria in the United States. I'll, I'll prove it. Mm-hmm. I believe Their it. Their numbers prove it. Uh, it's yeah. like that. Every single day, it's 45-minute wait. So we were sharing a table, and these people came in, and, and they were tourists. They're like, well, I'm a tourist too, but they're like tourists, like, hey, we're from Mississippi. They were from Mississippi or New Orleans, one of the two. And... um. They're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, we love Alaska. It's so exciting. I said, and they had two young girls with her, with them. And I said, you oh. outed her, did yeah, you? Yeah, I outed her as, as a musher. And, and they fawned, man. And the girls the girls stayed away until they found out who Karn was. And then they came over and asking about the dogs, asking about this. How far do you go? How cold does it get? Oh, my God. We don't un- even comprehend. You're a musher. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, they're famous, man. When we landed in Nikolai, they knew who she was. Yeah. Yeah, you know. So uh, it did arise a big deal up there where we take it for granted down here. So what else we got? That's about it, dude. That's all I had on my list. Yeah. Oh, a couple housekeeping things. Um, Precision Rifle Expo. I'm going to be at the Precision Rifle Expo doing a fundamental clinic. That's uh, Halloween weekend in Blakely, Georgia at Arena. So I'll be part of that. From there, I'm going down to Texas for a CR2 class, which I believe is sold out. You might be able to get a slot, but I'm 99% sure CR2 sold out. Then when I come home, Mark and I are doing a class in Colorado. So you can sign up for a class, what is it, May 10th, isn't it? Or Uh, November 10th? No, November 12th. November 12th. Okay, so November 12th weekend. In Colorado, there's going to be a Frank and Mark class at Fort Morgan. Last one of the year. Last one of the year. If you want to come out, I'm sure we got space for that. Uh, so, uh, you know, definitely let us know if you want to, um, if you want to do that. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, not sure. That's about we're it. We're going to be in San Diego. That's booked. So San Diego in February. Mid-February next year, we're doing a three-day down at Palo Range. Mm-hmm. That's booked, so you guys can get on board there. And then the other thing I have is in December, uh, three to five, I think it is, is Gary Larson's Guardian Long Range event, which is also going to be hosting the gathering. The gathering is the Marine Corps Scout Sniper Association and the Army Sniper Association get together. I was on the phone all morning with Gary, Phil Vallejo, Chris Roberts, Paul Phillips. We're putting on clinics. We're going to do an all-day clinic before on the 3rd. 
So I'm going to do a fundamental clinic, and those guys will be with me, Which and then we're going to roll into pill, Phil. Pill, Phil is going to do a positional clinic, and Chris is going to do his clinic, and then Paul Phillips is going to do an ELR clinic. Chris, I think, is doing kestrels and data gathering, uh, data gathering and some rifle setup, so we're going to be kind of weaving in and out of each other's clinics and supporting each other. So Gary Larson's Guardian Long Range Events, December in San Antonio, Texas area. Um, Eric Finley's place, the F7 range, I believe it is. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna be there doing that. So that's in December in you know Mid South Texas. There, if you're interested in that, you're a Texas guy, want to come in. Uh, looks like it's gonna be a big deal. The clinics are going all day. So you'll be able to do that with us. Um, and then I'm heading home and I'm going to be jumping back into these podcasts, man. I'm going to be doing more for everybody. And I'm going to just restart all this stuff back up. I know I, I, I'm going to push it forward, but I'm kind of coming down. I'm getting in a place where, you know, things are manageable again. Uh, I still got my domestic drama happening, but that's in a better spot right now and manageable. So, um, you know, we're working through that problem. But... We're busy and we're doing everything and we really appreciate you guys hanging on. I mean, I'm getting a lot of messages from people saying, hey, Frank, man, my drive is boring without you. Somebody called me the Joe Rogan of long range podcasting or rifle podcasting, however you want to look at it. And I appreciate that. That's a high compliment. Um, But yeah, this is for you guys. And like I said, sorry for the delays. It's just been one thing after another and just busy. We're out there, you know, but uh Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for Mark. Thanks for students. Yeah, the students. Students make the class, man, and these were fun classes. You know, everybody was super positive, um, taking away the, the lessons, you know, and executing, right? I mean, the, the, we asked Lori, uh, you know, where are we talking past you? Where are we talking over your head? And she said no. She was able to grasp it, and this was a wife who – you know, was doubting whether or not... 50 plus, maybe 50 or yeah. 50 plus. I mean, you know, in, in this stage of her life, she's not a young and you know, learning mm-hmm. to get, wanting to get into it or anything. She has a son she in the Marine Corps. thought it'd be cool. Yeah, she yeah. just thought it'd be cool. Yeah, and, and so it, it, it worked for her, and, and so she was successful in all that. But, that, I mean, to me, that's the high praise is that we're able to bring people with zero experience and bring them up to a pretty good level. So um, all that, but uh, KGM's going to have a group by... Abel with the suppressors and the table, Joe Russo with the Zeus, Andrew, Matt, all those guys, everybody in the classes, even that tall kid, Max Elevation, man. Did you see that shit? Mm. Kid was what, like 6'7", 6'8"? He had to be 6'7". Yeah, he was huge, man. Anyway, thanks for listening. We're out.